Now I'm recording. Buenas, buenas, hermanos y hermanas. Bienvenidos al podcast de Jack Laferty. Entonces fui y toqué yes, yes. Sí, sí, sí. Es gratis, sí, sí. Hello, everybody. All right, all right. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Please, please sit down. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This talk with Alfredo Plesman III, the one and only, is so far the best talk I've had. Not ever in my life, but I mean the best podcast talk ever. I think it's because I'm the most relaxed with him. Ever since the first time we met many years ago, I felt completely at ease with him. Alfredo has so many stories that I hope we get to hear in our future episodes. Before I let you listen to the podcast, there's a little note I have to make. In this episode, I describe that I tell a friend that I never want to see him again. It may sound like I'm a person who easily break off relations with my friends, but that's not the case at all. In the podcast, I don't want to be too negative and spend too much time on the subject. So I only mention a few few things this guy did to me and our mutual friends. In reality, there are hundreds of things I had to withstand before I finally told him resolutely that I don't want anything to do with him ever again. Of course, it's not a nice feeling to tell a person you've known for 20 years that you never want to speak to him again. I never want to hurt anyone's feelings. I really don't. But, a big big but in this case is that this person that I'm talking about has sadly lost every little inch of feeling that once existed inside him. Anyway, enough about him. I just wanted to say that there are more to the story than I mentioned in the podcast. I love my friends. There's nothing I appreciate more in my life than my friends and my family. And I never want to let a friend go. So that's it. As I said, this is probably my best episode yet, and I hope you will enjoy it as much as I did recording it. Okay. Look at you. (laughs) You feel like the typical kind of gym guy. Gym, gym guy. Yeah, you know, I've been in two gyms in my life. I don't know how many gyms have you been to. I've paid memberships for two gyms, two years. First time in Venezuela, second time in New York. Both times, it was one year. And, um, and you went how many times? Well, as I can remember, New York, which was recently, it was never. <laughs> never. You paid and you never went. I went the day I paid and I had a great time. Then, that day, the, because the guy who took me was a super fun guy. And then there was a party where they had some drinks. So I went to this party as well. And I drank like three vodka tonics, <laughs> gin tonics. And then I left. And then the last day when I, when I begged them to, to let me cancel this membership, which they wouldn't allow me to. After how long? After one year. And then you paid every month? I paid every month, yeah. Every month I wanted to go. Every month I said, I will go, I will go, I will go. Actually, I went once to a yoga class and it was great. I spent more time in the sauna and in the jacuzzi. But the yoga class was actually great. It was super great. Yeah, it was amazing, actually. 
but this is actually this is how all the gyms make their money people pay for a whole year they're dedicated usually it's after new years they say oh man i'm gonna work out i'm gonna go every day they feel motivated and then one time maybe twice three times and then they just sit on the couch i did the same thing i think it twice i paid for a whole year and i had so i was working and uh, i got 50 percent discounts so i was like fuck let's let's do it now let's get in shape the last membership i bought uh, this is like four years ago is the one that i still have and i'm actually using it a lot i mean not right now because of corona although my gym is open so i could go if i want to but um yeah i mean now i'm actually going to the gym but i'm doing mostly yoga and i'm i don't just some free weights is it a place to socialize? Not for me. No? I've never talked to anyone in the gym. No? No. No? Wow. Not, not in the parking lot, not in the nothing. If we were in Sweden, man. Have it, you, you've been here. Fuck. <laughs> Socializing is not our thing. When I went to New York, the only reason why I, I got this membership was because this was the place that I would meet the people who were my neighbors so I can know my neighbors. It was in Financial District. And I mean, this place was extremely cool. So I thought this is like, like paying for a social club. But Americans are completely different. I mean, Americans always talk to you. How are you? What are you doing? It's true. It's true. Swedes never do this. Small talk just, it doesn't exist. Yeah, in, in Europe in general. Well, Spanish people do. Yeah, Italians too. Yeah, Italians as well. The further north you come, I mean, in Finland, they don't even look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been to, to Finland? Yeah, I went to. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> and Ger Germans, well, in Berlin, it's, it's very mixed, so it doesn't qualify. No, yeah, the people are super nice there. People are very nice in Berlin. But I lived in, yeah. in Bochum, which is in the um, fucking nowhere, middle of nothing. I remember, I remember. I remember when you went with to get your uh, trains, you were staying at our place. <gasps> oh my God, man. <laughs> and we had made like a plan for you to go to Bochum, get your stuff and come back in detail. I was like, okay, you're jumping on this subway, you're getting off at that station, you're taking this train to, to the airport, you go into that terminal, you're getting off there, you're taking that train to Bochum, from Bochum you, you, you're getting off there, you're going to, that, uh, to the place and you're getting your stuff and then you take this train back to, to get to the airport at that time and you made all the stops. I mean, I, I, there was probably more stops, but you made everything and you woke up like five in the morning. You gave me even fruit to take. I remember you gave me like a banana and an orange or something like this. Oh, okay, yeah. And so I remember you, you, everything went accordingly and you were jumping on the last train to get to the airport. And this is like eight in the evening and you've worked your ass off the whole day and you got off on the train and you fell asleep and then you woke up 30 minutes later and discovered you were <laughs> you had taken the train in the wrong direction so, opposite way <laughs> yeah. so. this was the worst mistake that i could have made because in this point i had no battery i had no strength 
I had no mental concentration. I was spent and I fell asleep, man. When I woke up, I was really literally in the middle of nowhere. I just, I thought I'm going to die here. What did you do? You took an Airbnb? Well, I called Lisa, my ex-girlfriend. Yeah. And I told her, I'm in here. I don't know how to get anywhere. But she wasn't there, right? She was somewhere else. She was somewhere else, very far away. But she understood the system as, as her system. So she got back to me like in 10 minutes. She said, there's a train coming. You're going to get on that train. It's going to take you to this city. Then you're going to take another train. It's going to take you to this other city. There, you're going to enter an Airbnb that I already booked for you. And there, you're oh. going to sleep. And tomorrow, you'll figure things out. And that's what I did. And so you missed your flight? Yeah, I missed my flight. Oh, okay. But you got all your stuff. Well, I had to leave half of my stuff at that random Airbnb. No, really? For like a year. But the guy was super nice and then I went to pick it up. And that was all your hard drives and stuff for your movie? It was um, it, was, it was personal stuff. The things that I, that I took from New York, which were the only important things. But so you're connected with him. You connected with him well. I connected with him well that night. Yeah, I told him the story and they were so entertained by this story. And It was a couple? It was a couple, yeah. Oh, okay. So the next day, I told them, listen, uh, it turns out that I cannot take half of this shit. <laughs> Why? Because the ticket, something like the ticket was 30 bucks, but then I had to pay per piece 30, and I didn't buy this ticket, and something prevented me from buying another ticket or to buy the extra thing. Mm-hmm. It was something so, so um, complicated that I... It was not a matter of money because I could have paid maybe 200 euro more to get all my stuff with me. But it was something that it was just impossible. Something like I couldn't buy any other ticket. I have to stay here. There's no more Airbnb. Time is something incredibly limiting that either I leave it here or I just burn it. (laughs) What was the shit company you flew with? EasyJet? Most probably one of those shits. (laughs) So, okay, you got it one year later. Yeah, one year later, I went with Polly, and we got it. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, man. It was a task to get all my things back from that decision to move to Germany. <laughs> and uh, now you have all your stuff in Moscow and New York? Yes, now I am organized. Your setup looks very professional, by the way. Thank you, it is professional. <laughs> so you have your own little studio there? Yeah, uh, it's just not um, isolated with for sound. So in, in our loft is all open space. There's some curtains, but this is the same space as the kitchen. So for example, Paul is now grinding some coffee and she, she went to the bathroom. So it's... Ah, okay. Okay. So it's not... But I, I, can, I can hang another curtain and, and close myself. You know, when you go to hospitals and they have this... Curtains for, for emergency. Yes. Something yes. like this, like a movable thing could be, right? That's a good idea. I should do one here as well around myself. Wow, this is a great idea, man. Maybe we should sell them with a the brand. Yeah, you were thinking about doing one. Uh, no, one of like the studio material where you could just move them. Movable. Yeah, with foam. Yeah. It's true. Did I tell you, my friend Gregor, the one who makes the jingle. Uh-huh. Yeah, he made a studio for a friend of ours. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember Andreas from the wedding. Yeah, the guy who was playing guitar and, and yeah, and singing. He made a studio for him. Wow, nice. And he, built it. and he built it quite easily. Yeah. So with electronics as well. No, no. I mean, just like the space. He put yeah the space and like 
proper but you know he makes studios like he made the studio for avicii in la oh wow so he he knows exactly like they don't even sell his company i don't know what it's called i can't remember uh yeah far out studios if you want them to because they make like the absolute best speakers in the world but if you ask them can i buy your speaker they will say no the only way you're allowed to buy their speaker is if they come home to you or wherever you are and they build your entire room oh because the sound needs to it's about uh, he explained it to me it's like the wavelengths need to uh hit precisely on the wall with certain materials for the sound to become like perfect so unless you buy the whole package let them do your entire room they won't sell you their speakers that's a great business um approach to speakers i know this because i studied sound engineering and there was one class which was speakers and okay they told you what is this box for how this box works and then This whole class is to learn how to make a sound place. It could be a concert hall. To have the perfect acoustic. Perfect acoustics. It's very interesting about sound waves. You know, one interesting fact, because the waves have a length, right? Depending on the yeah. on the pitch, is higher or bigger or shorter wavelength. So you know that when you when you enter with a car to a tunnel, there's always a sign that says no honking the horn. Mm -hmm. You know why? No. Because... It breaks the entire tunnel. <laughs> it could be that if by any bad coincidence, the wavelength resonates correctly with the, the tunnel, it can explode the mountain. The whole thing can just blow up. Shit. <laughs> that's, that's, that's some Venezuelan construction right there. <laughs> that's a Venezuelan tunnel you're talking about. <laughs> No, actually, Venezuelan tunnels. Is it safe? It's safe as long as no one honks. <laughs> We're gonna be fine. <laughs> no, I think Venezuelan ones are made just for honking because everybody's honking inside, so it would have blown up by now. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, I can imagine there's a lot of honking there. <laughs> yeah. You know which country is the worst honking I've ever been to? Which one? Italy. Vietnam. Vietnam? No, I've never experienced anything like this you have to youtube this so everybody is is going on a scooter i mean 90 percent are, are going on scooters and everybody even if they're completely alone on the street they honk and it's not like they honk one time they honk all the time so imagine you're there's a there's a road eight lanes and you see like thousands of these uh, scooters and everybody's honking fuck i hate honkers me too one two days in uh, saigon i told myself i will never go here again but then you go to like there's one village called uh, huahin hoyan it's called hoyan super cute little village where they've banned scooters and, and all traffic Mm. So that's like the only place you can have complete peace and the oh. beach is beautiful. Cute little restaurants. That's a place to go. There's like in, in Greece. Fuck, I forgot the name. Uh, Idra in Greece. Idra. Yeah, Idra. There's no um, anything with motor. No motorcycles, no cars, no wow. boats. The entire city? The entire island. Wow. And not only that, in Greece in general, but in Idra especially, they really keep it. 
at 3 p.m., I think it's 3 or 4, there's a silent hour and you cannot talk every day of their whole life. No. And I thought it was either a thing, but then I talked to somebody from, from Greece and they said, yeah, this is the law in, in the, whole, the whole country. At three o'clock, you shut the fuck up. You oh. shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was with Sarah, who wouldn't shut up as well, because she, we were fighting 24 hours a day. So we were fighting at, at three, of course. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, wow. It was a great. Actually, it was a great, great trip with Sarah to Idra. You remember these days? Yeah, I, I want to see the videos from that tour she was <laughs> me too you know i i just found me three i just found uh, <laughs> the recordings that i had from that trip because we were recording her singing all the time and um i found some beautiful beautiful tracks i want to make something for myself at least but you caught her like because you said there was a different persona on camera and when the camera was off yeah, so I, I caught her a couple of times off camera on audio where she was actually angry. But <laughs> I wonder why she got so angry. I, don't, I really don't have a clue why she got so angry, but we were fighting for like two hours. Wow. But the whole thing was so strange because she was supposed to come to our wedding and then you guys went to Greece and then you came back and the whole thing was just like, I don't know, it was like fate. It was like, no, she's not supposed to be in our wedding. She's just not supposed to be there. Yeah, um, I think this, the, like everything in life, everything could have gone one way or the other. It could have been that she went to the wedding and she was the best guest or the worst guest. What did happen was that I recorded and shot a lot of um, our life together. And this... This is going to be an interesting documentary for whoever wants to see it privately. So it's not, I'm not going to make what money from this. I'm not going to sell it. What do you mean private? But okay. I will make it and I will have it. I, I would love to see it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I will make it for you, basically. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there will be more people who want to see it. <laughs> But, you know, it's, maybe it's going to be difficult to portray her in, in a negative light because I was um, trying to avoid any negativity. So it was yeah. easier to edit. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things when you're... Because uh, you're such a positive guy. But one thing when you're always trying to be positive about things is that you sometimes miss what's really going on. Yeah. I had this experience. Have you ever had like, uh, have you ever told a friend, go fuck yourself? <laughs> like, have you completely broken up with friends? Yeah. But I, I had one. Yeah. I, I will tell you one story after you tell me this one. Okay. Well, uh, this, this was yesterday, actually. Twice I've told my friends. No, not twice. <laughs> Maybe more times. I have told friends that, are, that were like close to go fuck themselves and then just like completely broken off and I did it yesterday actually mm. well if it happened yesterday I think that there's still some time to digest and understand what is your position because I, I've, I've had it many times I yeah uh, yeah and recently I, I sent somebody to fuck themselves forever and I said listen man I'm gonna give you one fucking year so you can digest this 
because I know that you yeah. need a whole year to digest it. Then in one year, when I come back to this chat, which I'm going to mute for a year, I'm going to talk to you again. And if your first words are not, you were right, I'm sorry, I will ignore you for another year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's maybe. But you know what happened? I talked to Polly and... Uh, She made me look at this in a different perspective. And I was like, mm -hmm. what did she say? Fuck, uh, I don't remember. But she forced me to see it in a way that I could really put myself in his shoes. Yeah. And when you, I mean, this is the exercise that we all have to do. Try to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. They always say this. But when you actually yes. accomplish it, you feel sorry for whoever is uh, in the other position. Then you understand, oh, fuck, this is it. So I agree. Yeah. And uh, in my case, I have put myself in that person's position and I understand and I, I can see clearly why he is a complete degenerate, a complete asshole. But the fact is that I don't want anything to do with him because he's so much negative energy. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna give you some examples of what he does, okay? So we were going to Portugal a couple of years ago and I uh, I had arranged the whole trip. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, that's no problem. Uh, so I had arranged the whole trip. Uh, everyone, uh, I rented the house. I looked for flights for everyone. I took care of everything when we were there and then afterwards in Lisbon. And, you know, I was just doing everything for my friends. And I invited this guy and he's like, yeah, sure, of course I want to come. And uh, he paid for his part of the house. Told him, I asked him, have you bought your ticket? And he's like, no, I haven't bought my ticket. And I was like, okay, okay. And then I helped him search for ticket because he's kind of stupid with these things. And then uh, with one week to go, I asked him, have, what's going on? Have you bought your ticket? And he was like, uh, he didn't answer. Three days to go, again, did you buy your tickets? No answer. He never answered me. So even though I had made all the efforts and I did everything and I included him and I invited him. He didn't take one minute to write me, look, I'm sorry, I have problems or whatever was going on in his life. I can't come. Thank you for arranging this. Thank you for doing all this. But unfortunately, I can't come. Maybe my seed can go to someone else or whatever. And so we didn't speak for six months. And then I saw him when I was out and we were both drunk and, you know, I was happy already. So I saw him and we're like, ah, okay, so we became friends again. But this is this, the way he treats everyone. For instance, another friend of mine uh, went to see him in Stockholm. He was supposed to stay in his house. They went out and all of a sudden this guy goes home and leaves his friend, our mutual friend, out completely alone. And he doesn't even text him like, hey, you sorry, you can't sleep at my place. I, this happened or whatever. He just completely ignored him, left him alone in another city Fuck. and this is what he does all the time like he he tells us to okay let's meet there and he doesn't show up and he doesn't give an explanation hmm. and uh, so this goes on mm -hmm. i have a, an insight for this <laughs> but let me just continue just just to say why also yeah the problem here is cocaine okay mm. i mean i'm talking cocaine in abundance This guy takes so much cocaine that he's... So if I want to put myself in his shoes, 
this guy doesn't have any feelings left. I mean, it was a long, long time ago I did cocaine, but I remember it was like flushing down my morale in the toilet. It was just like I didn't give a shit about anyone. I was fucking horny and I, I just wanted to fuck everyone. I didn't give a shit about anything. Mm-hmm. And this guy takes cocaine on a daily basis. I mean, a lot. So you can imagine how you become after this. I mean, after doing this for a long time. And yesterday I was like, why should I give one more second of, of this guy when he only gives me bad energy? And, and so I wrote him a letter, like a long letter. And I said, uh, listen, you, have op- you obviously have problems in your life. I don't want anything more to do with you. Time after time after time, you, you fucked me over. And uh, I don't know what kind of friends you have who accept this, but uh, from now on, please never talk to me again. And I would say any normal person who would get this letter would feel something, would be like, oh shit, look at him, he must be fucking angry, and, or what have I done? And maybe he starts reflecting, what's going on? He read this, no answer, nothing. He was just, I, I can imagine he read it and he was just completely numb, just going, okay, okay. You know, no, no action, no reaction. Yeah, I was going to, so because I don't have the cocaine addiction and I, the times that I did cocaine, which were around 10, I would say, in my whole life for the past uh, 20 years, I, I do remember feeling super powerful and just very confident. But when I, you were telling me the story about this guy, I remember something about myself when I was younger. When I was living in, in Caracas on, in my own city with my, just like a fish in the water, you know? I know everybody, I, I know all the places, I can just do anything, I have work and I have m- enough money to go out and party and just having some relatively enough to feel that I, don't need too much. Sometimes I need a girlfriend, sometimes I need to have sex, sometimes I need to feel that I have many friends so I can make a party and have many people over. But from that, to really stand for for problems of somebody, maybe I had one friend that I could stand problems about. But I, I wouldn't do any effort into anybody else's uh, problem. So for example, your trip is your problem. So this is what I would think as, a, as an asshole Alfredo from 1998. I would say, fuck you with your, with your trip and your idea. You're going to call me in one year when you don't have this idea anymore. <laughs> or if you're going to be angry with me for one year, then I will, I will probably not remember you for this whole year. But then you start accumulating these, these moments that you, that you make enemies of your friends. Yeah and you accumulate, 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 then, like any drug, you get a hangover. And then this hangover yeah. is, is a deep falling when you say, hey, I don't have nobody, and you cry like a, yeah. like a even, even bigger asshole. The other day I was watching somebody crying in a movie, but this movie, man, you have to see it. I will tell you about this a little bit later. But her crying was actually real. A kind of, kind of in a movie salon. Yeah, in a in a movie. No, in a it, it was a documentaryish movie movie documentary. So she was kind of acting, but kind of crying as well. 
And um, her crying reminded me of those times where I was feeling sorry for myself. And in those moments of deep, where you're alone, where nobody's looking, where you're just, <sighs> just crying to, if there's a God, I would say, God, why me? And then, mm-hmm. uh, then you, some, if you're lucky enough to understand that God didn't put this to you because there's, there's not a guy with a beard. If you have this idea that he will punish you for something, then you just get lost. But if you, if you think that this is only you doing this to yourself, then you try to wonder why is it that you are feeling so sorry for yourself. And automatically, it's impossible. Everything is recorded in your head. You know exactly why you're there, yeah. why you're there for. And so these moments of deep, of deep pain and, and alone pain teach you a lot. And I think if by the bad luck you don't get to experience this deep pain by yourself, then you die being an asshole. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, exactly. But then, but that's it. You know, this is, this is just limited hours of the day and, and in your life. So the people around you are the ones who, who should say, am I going to give more energy to this? Or, or can I replace this person with somebody that can actually have the same characteristics, but can actually add to my life in a, dif- in a different way? And so we, yeah. can, so we can collaborate in learning together. Not only me waiting for him to overcome his, his egocentric point of view. Well, I, I must say, I've too been an asshole. <laughs> I think up until I was 28, maybe I wasn't an asshole, but I was definitely an idiot until I was 28. And then I had, I remember I went away for one month completely alone. And during this month, it was exactly like you said, I was alone and I was alone with my thoughts and uh, just like, okay, what, what has happened in my life? What's going on? Why are things the way they are? And as you said, things have accumulated, okay? which which parts of my life you know when you go we know when you work out your muscles are actually building are actually uh, growing when you're resting when you're sleeping all your memories and stuff come to you like if you don't sleep your memory is fucked and it's the same way when you experience um, emotional stuff it's when you think it's when you give yourself time to reflect on it That's when when uh, things are actually happening. So it's not enough to just for things to happen to you. You also need to reflect on it. You need to to rest as you do uh, after a workout. And yeah, so that's what happened to me back then when I was 28. And I think I gave myself much, much more time uh, after that month. I went to different uh, cabins and I um, I went alone for two months. I closed the internet, closed my phone and, and stuff like that. And, I, and I've done it almost regularly up until I met Stina. I haven't really done it for four years now, but I still, I'm still in my own head thinking about things, definitely. And yes, I'm still an asshole sometimes. I'm still an idiot sometimes, of course. But at least knowing that you're an asshole helps a little bit of course you need you need to need to have this this ability to definitely i remember one friend of mine laughing about something and then he's saying but everybody knows that you're an asshole he said
listen, man, I was so sh- Everybody but you. Yeah, I was like, who, who, what do you mean? And he was laughing like if I was, uh, like if I was acting out that I didn't know. He was laughing more and I was like, but who thinks I'm, an, I'm such a nice guy? <laughs> like, you're kidding me. You're the biggest asshole. You make fun of everybody. And it's true. I do like to make fun of people, but just because when I make fun of somebody, <laughs> I really think that they're amazing. And then I can make fun of them because they're so great that they can take anything. Recently, I, I stopped being friends with a guy who uh, we were friends for 30 years. And can, I, can I just just one, one thing there? The only difference there is, you know, you, you don't want to be an asshole. Like when he told you, you're like, no, I don't want to be an asshole. It, it was uh, something was wrong inside you. You were like, no, I don't want to be an asshole. That guy, my friend, he doesn't give a shit that he's an asshole. And that's the big difference between being a real asshole and just like a little bit of an asshole. <sighs> True, true. If you want to be an yeah, one thing that I, that I, that came to my head when you were telling the story in the first part in the beginning was that in Caracas, I thought it was cool to be kind of assholeish, and so I did these things because I thought it added to my character, the character that I decided that I was gonna be or play. Mm. Then I realized that I didn't have to adhere up to this to this um, attitude or to to this part of my character if it's not serving me so yeah this this friend of yeah sorry your friend i i yeah 30 30 years we were friends since since the beginning of high school and then but i mean best friends man best friends this guy i i would say blah and he would start laughing before i began the story He was just my number one fan, my my confident, just my my support. My this was one of my true good friends. But lately, with um, I I would say nothing with with nothing. Just just lately, uh, I don't know what the fuck happened to that fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so so what do you say lately? Are you talking about the last ten years? Five years? Two years? In the in the past two in the past two two to three years, I opened a chat of all the people of, from 1991 that we were friends in that year. He was there, and um, I noticed back then he was like a star of a kid. He was like nice looking, kind of coolish because he spoke English or something about him made him cool, and girls like him, and he loved this attention, of course, like any kid and any person likes attention. Yeah. And then he became fat and stupid, so he lost his attention. And But now we are in an environment that is all in our heads in this chat where all the girls are beautiful and young and so fresh. And we are all very agile and we can do anything because we are all in the state of mind of 1991. And, um, but this is not reality. The reality is that we have a different, him and I, we have a different dynamic now. Totally different dynamic. And um, so <laughs> I was making fun of him like I normally do. I was just making fun. Just, But he took it as if he was a uh, 13-year-old guy. And so he started answering. We had two chats, the chat where we're normal and then that chat where we're 1991. And, and he started acting very differently in that chat. I mean, completely different, which I accepted. I thought, whatever. And, and when you say different, how? How different? I mean, he, he was uh, 
trying to portray himself in a way that was not real, trying to care about things that he doesn't care about, trying to um, to appear in a in a way that is just definitely not not his way. So, for example, there's there's one girl, and I know that this is my fault that that I shouldn't make fun of of anybody in general. And uh, yeah, you should, you should. <laughs> so, but this girl, uh, the thing is that she tried to commit suicide. She jumped off uh, her balcony, I don't know, maybe eighth floor, and she landed and she didn't die. No. No, man. She was alive. Holy shit. Yeah. So she got back. Eighth floor. Eighth. I don't know. I made up the eighth floor part because her name is. <laughs> her, her last name is 8A. 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 Sounds like 8A. So. Okay. But it could have been the second floor. It could have been second. Could have been. It could have been that she was on the on the on the floor. <laughs> and she just jumped from the window because <laughs> she doesn't look injured or anything. So, um, but I made up an, uh, a story, private story, where four of us, that what happened was that she had a realization in the moment that she realized that her name was 8A and she lived on the 8A apartment. So she thought she could fly and she jumped and then that's what happened. She actually didn't try to kill herself. And, but I made a whole acting about this and I flew, like, and, I mean, my, two, my three friends were crying, about to die from crying of laughter. We were laughing so hard for this story. I mean, so, so, so hard. Then I, this chat thing came 1991. I included her because she was from 1991. She was there. We were all there. We were about 25 to 30 people in this chat. And it turns out that some of us have uh, better um, lives than others, especially coming from Venezuela. There's like three or four of them that are really fucked. And she's one of them who was actually starving. She didn't have anything to eat. And in those days oh, shit. in Venezuela, if you get $10, you could eat for one month. So shit. for us, 10 fucking dollars is an app that you download from the phone and you never use again. Or you go out and buy some yeah. hot dog and then... So I told everybody, why don't, we, why don't we all pitch in, you know, one buck, two bucks is nothing for us. Between all of us, yeah. we can gather 50 bucks, something like that, 100 bucks. And then we can give her three months of food. So I organized this movement for, for this girl. We got the money. One of the guys who's still in Venezuela, but very clever guy, he, he administered the money. So he was able to give her food for like seven months or something like this. She got back to her feet. She found a job. She, I mean, you could see the way she wrote. She got a new phone. She got her life back a little bit, you know? It's not that now she's a CEO of something. She's, but she's alive, eating and, and breathing and, and kind, of, kind of happy. Yeah. So one of the things that she decided to do was to eliminate WhatsApp because she's one of these persons that cannot not answer. She had to answer to every little fucking message that was written in this chat. Oh, okay. So it was consuming her time completely. Yeah. And she, it was probably overwhelming for her. So she decided to, to get out of the, of the group. And um, so she was not in this group anymore. But still, I mean... I, I did this for her because I love her, because I remember her, because I, I feel for her. It's not that I did it, but I'm actually thinking that poor bastard. No, I, I thought that 
she's 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 one of the nice ones you know of this yeah. group maybe it happened to the to the asshole one and i wouldn't make the effort to to get the money to help him or help her help her but she's actually one of the ones that i like and even though she was not in this chat we continue to have a chat once a week or something hey how are you doing this and that and i was giving her some thoughts and some ideas and we had some sort of relationship and what happened was that somebody shared a fucking chain message saying that you should be careful about some YouTube videos that are encouraging kids to commit suicide. And they were very creepy videos. Have you heard something about this? No. Well, very creepy Never. videos that are, they look like a cartoon, but they actually is like a, like a thing saying, and you should jump from here and you should kill yourself. And Jesus Christ. It's something very twisted and very horrible. So because they're all parents in this in this chat group, they were very alarmed and they shared it and they said, be careful with this. If your kids are watching YouTube and I'm reading this and the first thing that came to my head was, oh my God, maybe Monica saw this video. That's why she jumped. <laughs> But I didn't say that's Oh. Okay, it was posted on this group. I, it was posted on this group, and when I read it, okay, I said maybe Monica saw this video and, and put a little, yeah, a little laughing. But she's not even in this fucking chat. First of all, second, mm -hmm. I told her as well privately. I said, Monica, they're sharing sharing this, and I thought maybe you you saw it, and that's why you jumped. Because I thought that maybe I would help her by de-stigmatizing her suicide attempt into yeah we can talk about it it's not a taboo yeah. thing well they they took it like if i was the the biggest villain and they started attacking me what the fuck how oh my god alfredo is trying to convince her to kill herself <laughs> yeah i was like so i was like hey guys do you remember that i was the one who first of all assembled this group Second, who was the one that gave her a life back. And third, I'm doing this because of this reason, because I want to stigmatize it without a taboo. And third, and, and the most important, I told her. It's not that I'm talking in her back. Nah, 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 you fucking asshole, you deserve this, is bullying. But you know who was the leader of this pack of people? This, this guy, my best friend. No. I'm with Angel. Angel says this and I'm with Angel. And <laughs> I'm like, listen, the best part of this, I tell Angel because I didn't want to humiliate him on, on public. I went on the private and I said, listen, man, do you remember that you were the first one who were crying of laughter when I told the story when, that Monica jumped because she thought she had a realization? And now you're going to say that, you, what the fuck? No, 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 because you cannot say it on the back and then, then, then. So I said, okay, okay, whatever. So I, I decided to not talk in this group anymore. And, and we parted a little bit, him and I. But we still shared some other groups and we continued to talk a bit, talk a bit. And then, and then he decided to... Also, he's a very extreme right from politic position. He's an extreme rightist. So, and because I live... He is or you are? He, he. And because I live in Russia, he assumes that I am extreme left and I am communist. And um, I think part of the reason why he hates me is because I am in Russia and I defend some ideals that... Not that I defend ideals of communism. I, I try to take the isms out of our ideas and, and try to, to 
all make everybody more flexible to see if we can live in a better system. But yeah. he, this is one of the guys who will never, if this comes from whoever used this was named communist, we will never use something that is even barely similar. So that's the way he thinks. So we, we stopped talking for like a year. I That's what happened. Was that the guy you said you have one year? No, 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 but I... <laughs> no, it wasn't him. <laughs> no, but actually it happened like this one year. So now in, in confinement, I thought I'll text him, you know, I'll say, hey, man, I already texted him six months ago. And I said, uh, if you want to talk about anything, you know, let's talk. And he started shouting and shouting. And, and I said, okay, enough of this. Then six months later, which was a week ago, two weeks ago, I said, hey, man, I'm open to listen to your point of view, to your position, to see if we can find a common ground and understand, you know, because 30 years of friendship, and I really still not sure why you don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> yeah. And so he said, you wouldn't understand because it's, this is just your personality. You're just like this. And I said, okay. So, oh no, you, you, you would never say sorry. And I say, of course I would say sorry, but first I need to understand what was it that I did. I know that I make fun of you a lot. You also make fun of me. We grew up making fun of each other and sometimes this can hurt. So this is, it's okay. But now tell me what part of my, of my making fun was it so I can, so I can say I'm sorry. He said, no, no, uh, it's just, it's your personality. So you never say sorry. Yeah, of course, I cannot say sorry because of my personality, because I do like who I am. I'm not going to say sorry for being me, but let's be more specific because we're friends. You can talk. Tell me what is it that bothers you. But I am asking and he's very angry, replying, putting exclamation, putting. And I said, but why are you shouting? Why are you, why are you writing in caps you're, uh, and you're putting exclamation? But you are totally uh, out of place. So... It is something that bothers you so much, so it must be so clear. Why can't you not pinpoint it in words? And so the conclusion was, I just don't like you anymore. And I said, that's, that's fair to say. That's great. Yeah. So I understand there's some people that I just cannot be friends anymore, and that's it. So thank you for telling me. So it was great to be your friend for 30 years, and now... Actually, I prefer to not have you as a friend as well. <laughs> it's, just, it's just reciprocate. So that was it. Sometimes you evolve so much apart that you take a route that you, can, that you cannot share with somebody else. I try to always share with everybody in political dif differences, in, uh, in uh, sexual orientations. I mean, there's in, in, in food, anything. You can be any. You can be a fucking communist, transvestite, uh, unless you're a killer. The only thing that... I yeah, killer. Killer or boring? Killer or boring? Those two we can't... <laughs> you kill me with your boringness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the only two things we can't accept. But either way, it's, it's also another journey to have a friend like this tell you that they don't like you. Uh, I don't want to adapt myself for him at all, but it makes me understand that there are such a vast amount of point of view that even the one who grew up with you in your same city, in your same school, that was your best friend, can have a different perspective so much that he can never want to talk to you again. That's, that's crazy. For example, the video that I send you, I just, yeah. I send it to a good friend of mine, a girl who lives in, in Madrid, and um, she replied and she said, 
I, I just can't stand your music. She said, I can't stand the music. I can stand your music. She said, I'm sorry, I, your music stuns me. I am, I am stunned. Wow. And I was like, what did you, what did you, what did you say? Uh, no, I was shocked. This, what, this happened 10 minutes before you called me. And I, w- I was like, but this is, this is, I'm fucking masterpiece. I thought, who couldn't, <laughs> who could think in such a way? And I like her a lot. I, how can it be? So, and then she said, I love it. But I actually cannot stand it. And I said, okay, but can you explain me how you love it or you cannot stand it? No, no, I, lo- I love how it looks. I love, I love that you're f- trying to figure out something, I guess, but I just don't understand it. I cannot stand it. So it made me think a lot. It made me think before I called. It made me think. And uh, it's just a fact of life. Some people will not resonate melodically to some things. And ideas might be like this as well. Yeah. Well, I mean... That's, uh, well, for friendship, that's okay, I guess. I mean, if, if someone doesn't like my writing, it doesn't matter, or like my podcast, or whatever, it doesn't matter. But there are certain people, if you want them, like, for instance, I was dating before I met Stina. I was dating a girl, and um, I asked her, can you read these 10 pages for me? And just give me feedback. It's like, 10 pages? No. I'm like, okay, goodbye. What was it? I mean, if you can't read 10 pages of what I've written, go fuck yourself. You know, we have nothing. We can't ever be together. That's like <laughs> a big, big no-no. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for telling me so early. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that was already two months in or something. One and a half months in. Oh, my God. And she was a writer as well. <gasps> she was a writer. Not, not a writer. She was more of a journalist. But she's in the writing business. She was like a food critic or something. Yeah, she was in the... And she was editing stuff as well. She was working for some kind of a newspaper editing stuff. Would it be possible that it happened that you asked her in a moment where she had her period or something like this and she was so annoyed about life? And I'm so tired of women blaming things on fucking period, man. I'm she, tired they, of it. they are also tired of us blaming the, the period on anything that they do, but it, it may be not the period. <laughs> and also, also, it's, it's, so it's the period... That goes on for, what is it, five days? And then it's the three, four days before. And then they're ovulating. So that's another three days. You're left with like a week. What the fuck? <laughs> and and, and uh, yeah, exactly. You're left with one week. <laughs> but uh, and then my friend, she wrote like a big piece on Facebook explaining like, oh, we women, we have to suffer uh, the period, we have to suffer the days before, we have to suffer the ovulation. And then she says, oh, and and now she's like 45, I don't know, 45, 50. And now she's uh, in her menopause. And she's like, oh, now, now this. And you men, you don't, you don't understand anything. You have no sympathy for us. You have no empathy. And I'm like, this is like the giraffe telling the dog, complaining to the dog about his long neck. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, how is the dog supposed to, to, to have like, okay, yeah, I understand you. You have a long neck. It's, it's a fucking pain in the ass. But you're a giraffe. That's, that's the way things are for giraffes. I have shit as a dog that you could not understand. That's a pain in the ass. I lick my own balls. That's what I do as a dog. Okay? I mean, for us men, I mean, I remember throughout high school. I'm not comparing this, but I'm just saying what it is to be a man. Throughout high school, I mean junior high school, Every single first lesson, I was in the back 
and I had a massive boner for me too, I man. One hour straight. I was sleeping, but my dick was so hard, and it was hard for one hour. And the worst thing was if if the teacher told me like you have to get up here and and do something on the on the whiteboard. <laughs> I know, I know. And I was just like pressing down the cock, trying to like m make it disappear. <laughs> I'm not saying that this is the same thing as <laughs> as a period. What I'm saying is, as a giraffe, you can't complain that you have a long neck. Exactly. Man, I, you took me back in time. Fuck, those days of boners, unexpected boners in the school. There was one day in the week that we had gym class. So we had to arrive with no blue jeans, but with a soft pant, like, um, you know, workout pants, which were soft. And when you get a boner with these fucking pants, then your boner is like, it's like a tent. <laughs> <laughs> And of course you're gonna get it. I mean, you you get I don't know how many bonus a day when you are when you're in these teenage years. And um, for no reason. Ah, uh, for no reason. Yeah, it's for not no that reason. I'm horny. Yeah. Nothing. It's some tickling, some position of the body, something. Nothing. And I remember, you know how I how I fixed this. I bought, well, my mom bought for me because I told her, Mom, I I, I don't want to go to school because of my boner. And she said, Well. What about if, if I buy... You told your mom about the boner? Yeah, I told her, yeah. Wow, what a, what a relationship you had. Yeah, my mom was always my confidence. I didn't have any, any issues of telling her nothing. I always told her everything. Whenever I feel some little uh, frustration of anything, I know that I can tell her and she can... Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, because my dad doesn't have any any compassion about this <laughs> about nothing <laughs> my stepdad that is and um so my mom said you know the baseball players they have they use this uh, thing that so if the ball but there is a thing that goes on top which is elastic to keep that cup in in there so maybe that elastic thing you can keep your dick down and so I said, yeah, okay, let's buy it. So we bought this thing and I wrapped my... This is a female solution to the problem. <laughs> I hear it. <laughs> oh, imagine this... Only someone who doesn't have a boner can think of this. <laughs> exactly. I was, I was wrapping my dick in this, in this trap. So it, <laughs> it was even worse because it, it made my dick feel amazing. So I was getting more boners. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, uh, I mean, the same sexes should should invent stuff for themselves. It's like, have you seen the new thing for, um, it's not a dildo, it's like a little vacuum sucker of some kind. I don't know what it's called. It's called, um, so basically it, it vacuum sucks on the clitoris. <gasps> and this gives women so many orgasms. <gasps> I mean, this has completely revolutionized sex for women. You don't know about this? I know about one big pump. I saw a big pump for the whole vagina. Uh, no, 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 no. Look, it's a very small thing. And on the top of it, it's like a little, I mean, I'm, I'm talking one centimeter diameter. And they put it on the clitoris. And then they pump. No, no, I mean, I'm saying like women are coming 10 times in a row now. Wow. 
some of my girlfriends, they say, we prefer this over our men. <gasps> let's, let's buy this. What the fuck is it called? What the fuck is it called? It's called, uh, yeah, I'll send it to you later. Oh my uh, God. Anyway. 100% this is invented by a woman or at least a woman has been, you know, they've been asking women, okay, what, how does it feel? Before, you remember the dildo, it was like one <laughs> <laughs> big black dildo with like a lot of veins. <laughs> this was like a guy inventing it for a woman. He's like, this is what you like. <laughs> and the woman's like, yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> So I wonder what's the equivalent, what men should get together and, and make uh, the perfect orgasm thing as well. For, for us, yeah. 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 I've never tried one of these. Uh, I never tried any of these either. Us. I've seen some, yeah, some pussy tubes and they, they, I mean, first of all, I'm not going to put Vaseline in my dick to masturbate. No, thank you. Me neither. I have many friends who do it with oil and stuff. I don't want to get addicted to that. Just pure hand yeah man it's, I, I mean i don't even like to use condoms because of the stickiness <laughs> that yeah, exactly. my, dick. my dick needs to say, be organic pure eater or something. and natural yeah <laughs> your dick is um... vegan <laughs> organic yeah and lo local local bread lo local fat and organic and yeah yeah man but a good idea to, to make a toy for men that is actually revolutionary. Yeah, I mean, uh, if uh, like a feeling of a great, great blowjob. Exactly. Like you just put it on your dick. You don't even do anything yourself. You just leave it there. And it's like you have the best blowjob ever. But actually a great blowjob involves <laughs> some wet. So an hour before and, you go um, spit in this yeah, thing. Yeah, some, some sound. <laughs> Some we have to fill it up with your own saliva. <laughs> <laughs> so, so an hour before you go spit in the stinger. <laughs> because it has to be saliva. It cannot mean anything else. No, because it has to be organic. It has to be clean. Because oh, okay, so I'm I'm imagining something. So imagine the the liquid is inside a bag, and this bag is of plastic that is very very thin plastic. Inside this gel, so it can mimic somehow the feeling of wetness without getting you wet. Hmm. This is some VR shit in the future. Wow. Like you watch VR porn, uh -huh. and uh, you have this thing on. No one will have sex anymore. The women will have this uh, this thing that I was talking about. Yeah. The vacuum sucker, and men will have the suits on. Both men and women will have the suits on VR and then just like live a better life <laughs> maybe we already have the suit maybe the skin that we are living inside is our our VR suit and we got it when we were born but this is actually synthetic made by some extra intelligence and we are all in a VR world the skin yeah, world that's a theory definitely I've, I've uh, yeah I heard Elon Musk talk about it as well yeah, the skin VR. Wow, that's a great one. Not the, yeah, not the skin VR in, in particular, but, but that this is all just a simulation. Yeah, 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 the simulation thing. You, uh, speaking of simulation, you know that The Matrix is releasing another movie? Of yes, they had to postpone it, right? I don't know. Because of the corona. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess everything is a little bit postponed, but 
But yeah, I'm super glad it's coming. I don't know what, what will happen because he fucking died in the end. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, he died at the end. <laughs> but yeah, I wonder. You know that the directors are brothers and one of them turned into a woman. Now she's... No, really? Yeah. Are they fucking each other? <laughs> no, <laughs> because it would be incest. But they re- she, she, she is uh, the she now of brother and sister. What's oh, okay. the Wachowski siblings now? They're not the Wachowski brothers. Huh? Now they're the Wachowski siblings, not the Wachowski brothers, because before they were brothers. What's the Chesky? Uh, oh, they're called Chesky. Wachowski, Wachiski, whatever their last name is. Ah, okay, okay, okay. They were referred to as the Wachowski, Wachowski. Well, that, that movie is deep. Those movies are deep. Like they contain uh, deep philosophical uh, questions. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They were very, I mean, second, third, and third. I think there are two, right? Two more. Second and third. Yeah. yeah. Second and third were um, criticized a lot. But if you look at them without falling into the into the criticism of whoever acted or what line is cheesy, I mean, fuck. <laughs> It's deep, really, really good movies. Yeah, great ones. I'm looking forward to it. Man, I, I need to let you go because I think my call was uh, half an hour ago. Man, thank you so much for this. I fucking, uh, this was a lot of fun. Thank you. I will send you this file immediately and we'll talk in the week again. Perfect. Because you didn't tell me about the masterpiece that I sent you. <laughs> no, I haven't had time to, to look at anything. Let's, uh, for people who want to listen, tell them. What to search? I did a masterpiece, which is on, on YouTube, but it's impossible to find. You just have to find it on my, on my Instagram. So. And your Instagram is? My Instagram is... Um, <laughs> they're so complicated, but I guess you can put pless.tv, P-L-E-S-S dot TV. Pless.tv, that's how we find your new masterpiece. Yeah, it must be there. No, actually, Domoyoshi, that's the easiest. Domoyoshi. Yeah, Domoyoshi. That's the Instagram. Yeah, that's the Instagram. And that's when you have the masterpiece that your Spanish friend was complaining about. Exactly, exactly. That, yeah, she not <laughs> complained. It moved her. That's, that was the problem. She, it moved her to the point where she couldn't take it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's there in the bio, so... Take care, send me the file and give a big kiss to Polly. Okay, same to your two girls. I will. Ciao. Bye-bye.